Welcome to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, aka Kilgallen's Pub. I'm your host, stand-up comedian Joe Kilgallen. And as always, I like to start with a little gratitude. Big shout out to all the Patreon subscribers, all of Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, whatever the hell you support me on. I am gratefully appreciative of you. Appreciative of you. I don't know. That that could have been smoother, I admit. It's Sunday night, and guess what, everybody? I've got a guest. Second week in a row with a guest. You know, sometimes I rock it solo because I'm a lazy piece of shit and don't always book a guest on time. But I'm very excited to have this guest, uh, someone I've gotten to know through good friend Mike Bridenstine's podcast, Hunk. I got to do her Sirius XM radio show. I know you guys are going to love her. So without further ado, let's bring on the very funny Lisa Curry. What's up, Lisa? Hey, thanks for having me. And I'm glad it's it's Curry, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Curry. I know someone who is Curie. You know what? Fuck them. They're, I agree. They have a speech impediment. Yeah. I've actually, I'm such uh, a psycho sometimes that I've met people where they were like, oh, my last name is such and such. And I'm like, mm, actually, it looks like it's whatever. You, like, I, I will tell them they're mispronouncing their own name. And they're like, I'm pretty sure I'm not. And I'm like, no, you are. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm I like, remember. where do you want me to start? <laughs> I love when people are adamant about people being wrong about a name because it's just really hysterical to me. My dad used to do a thing. There was a basketball player. Uh, you probably know, but like for the listeners who aren't NBA fans in the mid nineties to like early two thousands, Utah jazz had a player named Jeff Hornacek. I was hoping you would say Juwan Howard. Cause I have a story about him, but see, oh, well, hold that thought. Cause I would love a Juwan uh -huh. Howard story. He is from Chicago after mm -hmm. all went to Michigan too. So I remember the bulls were playing the Utah jazz. And my dad was like, you know, that Hornacek is a sneaky good shooter. And I was like, oh, it's actually Hornacek. And my dad looked at me. He's like, it's Hornacek. I know a Polak last name when I see one. <laughs> I mean, I got to side with your dad just for the fucking comment because yeah. I'm Polish. And uh, yeah. And he yeah. loved the Polish, but it feels like amongst, <laughs> I, I know a thought, Polish name when I see one. But I always thought amongst white people, we could make fun of our ethnicities like you're Polish, yeah. I'm Irish. I can, we can make fun of Italians. Yes, and I was going to say Italians. Stuff. Yeah, don't fucking try and act like you're people of color Italians. I know you are. You're trying to say that, and I'm not allowing it. No, I won't either. I'll put my foot down on that one, too. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you get tan, but come on. Let's not pretend. I'm like, you guys at least have good food, and that's a privilege. Okay, try boiled cabbage, you cunts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pierogies are fun. Yeah, well, both sides of – I'm Scots-Irish on one side, Polish on the other side. I'm like, it's all boiled food. That's it. Like, does every, does no one have teeth in these places? Why Not, is everything boiled till it's soupy? Well, they hit 1939, <laughs> and then they stopped mm -hmm. advancing food-wise. Everyone, everyone around the world boiled everything until, like, I think post-World War II, everyone's like, yeah. fry stuff. Although I found a weird fun fact. Fried chicken was invented in Scotland. Oh, but they didn't right. season it for shit. Like, oh, of course not. It was the American South that uh -huh. seasoned it, you know. So we went on that one as Americans. Yeah. Our food is so much better, isn't it? You've been all over Europe. You performed I've in what nine over. countries? Oh. Uh, 12 outside of the U.S. That's amazing. I, thanks. Thanks. It's fun. My favorite so far is there's for me, there's nothing better than Middle Eastern food. I've never, I, I mean, I would move there just for the fucking food. <laughs> it's unreal. It's everything is spiced perfectly and it's amazing and their meat is tender and they know what they're doing. See, I got to I got to get on that train. I only recently got into Indian food. 
Mm -hmm. I love it. There's a couple dishes that get me, but overall, I'm a big fan of it. I'm the only person in my family that eats curry. The only. No one else likes it. I'm like, what's the matter with you? It's our last name. (laughs) Get into it. It's delicious. I love uh, curry. It's amazing. Yeah, Um, it's fantastic. Irish and English hijacked that for sure. Uh, I got real big over there. So, yeah, white people food is not... Here's where we did do well, because I've thought about this. We have killed it when it comes to pastries. All of the best pastries, pies. You know, I told people, you know, I used to have a bit where I was like, oh, white people food's terrible. 264 Cinnabon locations. (laughs) Well, yeah, and the French, when it comes to pastries, um, when it comes to manners, forget it. Uh, But pastries. (laughs) Were the French rude when you were there? Um, I did not have a good time there. I've been twice now. Well, just to Paris. And then, um, no, actually not just to Paris. I I was also in Le Havre, which is like Northern Normandy, Le Havre. Um, and then somewhere else, fuck, I'm forgetting like South of Paris. Um, didn't, didn't have a good time. Um, (laughs) That's all I'll say. I'm like, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I did not have a good time anywhere, anywhere in France. And, and I have friends that are like, oh, it's amazing. You have to go here and here. And I'm like, it's going to be a long time before I'm ready to give it another try. Cause I had such a miserable time. Um, and it was, it was, uh, I mean, granted I, it was mostly people I already knew that turned out to not be cool. Yeah. Uh, not great. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> mm-hmm. So these were people you already knew, and then you found out, oh, they're kind of shitty, and you had to find out yeah. in another country. Mm-hmm. Were they French living in France? Uh, a French woman who's and her husband who's Argentinian. To be fair, he was the one of the worst people I've ever met anywhere in my whole life. Um, but it, it, cause it happened in France. So I'm like, you know what? You're looped in with the French. I'm sorry. You're French now. Um, yeah, also so French comedians are known for stealing jokes. They're joke thieves. They don't think of it as like your work. They think of it as like, well, I'm delivering it differently. So now it's my act, which oh, is, no, I didn't, I didn't know that was the reputation. I remember meeting a young French comic at the improv on Melrose and thinking a lot of this sounds familiar to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I they're big, big joke together. thieves. Even like their most prominent comedians, big joke thieves. But they just, it's just a mindset thing, which, um, no thanks, still. <laughs> well, I'd heard uh, comedians in India were doing a lot of American acts, be- but that's because stand up comedy is so new there. Mm-hmm. Because there's a couple Indian comedians in America who were, went over there and they just start telling them, no, you guys got to write your own stuff. Because they just yeah. thought like, oh, it's like we, bands cover different songs. Why can't comedians yeah. cover jokes? Yeah, I think they do think of it like that. Or like it's a an art technique or something like, oh, you you work with charcoal. So I can work with charcoal. And it's like, well, no. No. Yeah. It'd be pretty funny <laughs> to go up to a comedian being like, well, you talk about your psychotic mother. I also have a psychotic mother. So why can't I just do your psychotic mother jokes? You know, here's the thing. I will say two things. Uh, one, I I fully believe uh, people that are, you know, sex pests like Louie or Bill Cosby. I, I believe that 
women specifically, but probably everyone should just be able to take their bits. I, th I think, you know, I saw Louie do a, something really clever right before everything blew up. And I'm like, I should just be able to have that now. I, I might just do it. And also, and I mean this with all sincerity, uh, if you're a younger comic and you don't have a full hour and you need to do an hour somewhere uh, and you need to fill time, take anything from my album. I, all I ask is buy my album, please. It's you could you could buy it for ten dollars on Bandcamp, or you could buy it for a hundred dollars on Bandcamp. You could you, ten dollars and up. Choose your price, uh, and just take any of the bits. I'm not using them anymore. They're already playing on Sirius. It doesn't matter. I'm making money from them. You're not going to take money out of my pocket. I'm not going to do the bits anymore. If you like a chunk of it, have it. I don't care. I tr I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I like that. You, you said a couple cool things there, but I like the idea of being like, oh, no, they're not mine anymore. What, what am I going to do with that sweater? I don't wear it. You know. I mean, that's really how I feel because I'm like, well, if you're a newer comic, for, first of all, I didn't do the club circuit here to build it up because I could never, I, before I got Jim Jeffrey show, I didn't have the credits to headline and, uh, I was never able to go on the road and build up as a feature because you lose money or you like break even. And I'm like, I have bills to pay. I have to, like, I was, you know, uh, waiting tables and I'm like, well, I can make four or $500 for the weekend doing brunch, or I can make, I can come home with $50 from feature weekends. And I'm like, well, I can't, it's not an option. I have rent to pay, you know? Um, and then after, so I, that's, that's initially like how I started doing a lot of uh, the UK and Europe because they don't give a fuck if you have credits. All they care about is like, are you solid? And then they put you up. So I built my stuff up over there primarily and on the road a little bit here, just like booking my own like little one nighter things. But then after Jim Jeffrey's show, I had the credit to be able to just jump right to headlining. So I'm like, all of that to say, clubs across the US haven't really seen my they haven't seen my bits from my album. I mean, I recorded it in London. So it's like, you know, uh I wouldn't advise doing it in London because <laughs> hundreds of people have seen it. Um but, you know, maybe here. <laughs> yeah, sure. But back to the mm -hmm. like the Louis CK Cosby mm -hmm. thing <laughs> is very interesting to say. Can I ask you this? Mm -hmm. Um and I don't give a fuck what your answer is, but it did strike me as funny, not funny, but like kind of like, all right, I understand being like, fuck Louis CK. I totally understand that. Mm -hmm. What I didn't like was when people were like, fuck Louis CK. Oh, I never thought he was funny anyway. I'm like, that as much as on. I hope he gets hit by a, a train, like maybe a bullet train. Uh, no, maybe something slower. Uh, as much as I hope that for him genuinely, uh, I do think that that is lame of people. I'm like, you can, you don't, you don't have to say I'm buying tickets to a show. Of course he's funny. Also, I think his last special at the, at the fucking comedy store is dog shit, but it's like things before that were fantastic. And it's yeah. like, you can say, just be honest. You're not, what are you helping saying he was never funny? It doesn't help anyone. People want to act like I knew all along. You could say uh, I no longer find that material funny because mm -hmm. I know what I know now about how mm -hmm. who he was. And I'm sure you knew about it. I've told like friends of mine who aren't comedians. I go, that was one of the worst kept secrets in comedy. Yeah. I, I found that out like my second year in 2009 mm -hmm. or 2008 where it was like, this guy does yeah. all this creepy stuff. I had heard he had said to women, um, can I jerk off in front of you? Cause I'm not allowed to cheat on my wife and this isn't cheating. So I don't know if that part's That's true. That's wild. 
pretty wild. Here's a, here's a, a weird runaround. Yeah. You know, like, he ruined a lot, a lot of women's lives. And I think that people think like, oh, he just jerked off in front of them. If you're, if you are working at a restaurant and you're in the cooler and one of the kitchen guys comes in and shuts the door behind him and blocks it and jerks off in front of you, how bad do you want to go to work the next day? How bad do you want to stay there and close out the restaurant with him? Fuck anyone that's like, well, whatever, he just jerked off. It's like, we're at work. We're at work and it's weird and threatening and like he's in a power position and he is and also, first of all, he's still doing it. He just did it again a few months ago. Really? Friend of a friend. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing that people aren't taking into account. Most, most of the women that he has done this to will not come forward. Because what happens when women come forward is all of Louis's fucking incel fans will dox the women and come after them and threaten them. And it's like, who needs that? Yeah. Who, if that happened to me... First of all, there is a part of me because I'm a wild woman, Joe, and uh, I I am like internally very violent. I used to I used to be like a psycho when I was growing up, and I'm like, there's a part of me that I knew I'm like. There was a reason I liked you right away. Drive and sense podcast, Joe. With you. I, I have it. us nutbags know each other. Yeah, you know? we do. <laughs> I, there's a part of me that's like, not to invite a, you know sexual assault, but there's a part of me that's like, I wish he would. Because I can guarantee you one thing, Joe, uh, if if Louie shut the door and I was in a room and he started jerking off in front of me, I would beat the living fuck out of him. And then he would have to call the police because I would have assaulted him. You know, it's like, <laughs> there's no, I've punched men in the face before. It's not scary to me. I'm like, you, you know, I, I know I sound career. extra insane. <laughs> no, I mean, it'd be good press when you think about it. It would be amazing. I've I, A friend of mine owns a club and I'm like, Here's the deal. Book me, book Louie. We'll set up a camera. I'll beat the shit out of him on camera. I'll just attack him while he's on stage. Easy peasy. And uh, your your club blows up. I blow up. I sell my TV shows. I sell all six shows I'm pitching. Um, Louie spends a day in the ER. You know, we're all... It's win, 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 you know? Yeah. And then he'll... Louie will probably seem sympathetic after that. So, you know, so truly it's nothing... It would be good for him as well, is what I'm saying. And I'm going to say you're welcome in advance, Louie. <laughs> <laughs> He'll go on 60 Minutes, do a tell-all. He'll still mm-hmm. have a black eye. <laughs> He'll talk uh-huh. about how he did, you know. Oprah comes out of retirement <laughs> to talk to him. She's like, I've already been problematic. Let's do another one. <laughs> sure, sure. And then he'll say it wasn't until Lisa was just <laughs> ripping, you know, my throat out that I realized I shouldn't have stopped doing. I should have really seeked help. I yeah. should have really yeah. gone away to some sort of treatment facility or something like that. Yeah. I was going to say it wasn't until Lisa was ripping my testicle out, but then that <laughs> visual made me feel queasy. And I'm like, I don't want to even say that out loud. Um, I can't believe you're still doing it. It really is a sickness then. Mm. Okay. Because the one thing was not not that this is sticking up for it all, of course not. But mm-hmm. when Sarah Silverman came out saying, "Oh, he did it in front of me," and I thought it was silly, like, I, and I remember being like, "All right, like, why do you like, even bother just, to say that?" That's a weird. That was weird. She'd be like, sometimes I'd be like, "All right, fine, go ahead," and other times they're like, "Nah, put it away. I want to get pizza." And I'm like, "That's that's weird." But it was one of those things where I'm like, "Yeah, he probably had a weird, crazy fetish for a while." But mm-hmm. I'm sure that he would stop, but apparently he can't mm-hmm. stop. So it's definitely like a sickness thing. 
Yeah, I yeah, I was really disappointed in her, like extremely disappointed because this is somebody that's always like, you know, so preaching about being so sweet and gentle and kind. And it's like your friend is terrorizing women, ruining their lives. There's my uh, a close friend of mine, two of her friends to no longer do comedy because Um. of him. And and it's not just also. Sarah, I, who I res- otherwise really respect, I she she probably listens to this pod, so I just want to definitely m- tell her directly. It's they both like, listen, by the way, Louis. Yeah, it's and Sarah like Silverman, by the way, if that. one of my guy friends did that to me, I'd be like, you idiot. You know, like I wouldn't. But it's like they're doing it to other women. He's doing it to other women. So maybe think about that. We don't really need you to speak up again against other women that don't have any fucking power in the industry first of all secondly he not only did it but then also went after the he had his agent and manager then go after the women and threaten them and helped destroy these women's careers so so like preemptively to stop them from retaliating and it's like you're fuck you fuck you for supporting that it makes me so mad i'm like i can't believe I can't believe anyone would excuse it because she knows that she knows his team went after them. She doesn't, if I know she knows, (laughs) you know what I mean? They're friends. She knows those guys. (laughs) That's true. Uh, Especially since she knew firsthand he was doing that too, because Mm -hmm. he was doing it in front of her. Right. Mm -hmm. I've had a friend or two get accused of not that, but some creepy stuff, not, you know, blocking doors or mm-hmm. anything worse mm-hmm. but not not great looks either and i had some friends being like how did you not know and i was like they don't act this way around us there's the the, the creepy people are pretty good at concealing that as long mm-hmm. as they can which is why you see when there's a serial killer documentary all the neighbors are shocked yeah because, you know you the, people are aware of how they're perceived sometimes what and i don't mean to cut you off because i know you have another good point oh, you're there. Fine. but with sarah I understand that it's like she was a good friend of hers and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, though. I really wish some of these people who, when a close friend of theirs gets nailed, I saw a couple people handle. Obviously, a lot of people didn't handle Dalia's accusations well of his friends, mm-hmm. but there was a couple of his friends that when they made public statements, I was like, that was probably a good way to do it. Sarah probably should have said, yeah, this was fucked up and this was terrible. And, and, he fucked with a lot of women's careers. Or even say like, hey, he did it to me and I didn't think anything of it because we're friends and like shit rolls off my back. But but it's, you know, I'm disgusted that he like ruined women's careers, ruined their lives. Like, I think that that's the thing that, and this sounds so, this goes back to what we were talking before we were recording where I was like, the sad thing is like, all, like I'm so excited by work and I'm so fulfilled by work. That when people are like, how's your day? I measure it by like how much work I got done. Which <laughs> or you what think I is lo- a sad thing, but it's not a sad thing. If you're <laughs> loving it. It's a great thing. <laughs> but it's like if somebody jerked off in front of me, that's something I can like, I, I, I don't know. I'm like, whatever. People are weird. Everyone's horny. Like I wouldn't, I, that wouldn't bother me much. I think, uh, please don't do that to me, guys. But that wouldn't bother me much if somebody came for my career I would ruin them. I I think I would find out where they live and I would burn their house down. Cause it's like, I work too fucking hard for you to take this away from me. I 
I, I'll I'll actually kill you. I'll kill yeah. you. I don't care. I'd rather be in prison than uh, go back to waiting tables. <laughs> you know, waiting tables can feel like a prison. It is but prison. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I remember. I remember the moment I rolled my last silverware, and I was mm -hmm. like, "It's gonna be great." I'm glad I'm never mm -hmm. gonna fucking do this again. I hope. Mm -hmm. I hope. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> um, <laughs> what would you do though? If say a close friend of yours had accusations like the ones uh, toward Louis and all that, and then they went to you going, "Hey, this is a good friend of yours. How do you think?" Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm pretty kind of putting you on the spot with this question. Um, and as a guy, I don't have the female version of this because you're a woman and you have yeah. to say for your guy friend. I've, I've I've yet to hear of a woman being creepy to that level. I'm sure there's a few out there, but I've never, you know what I mean? So I I'm wouldn't starting to, um, I want to start a new trend. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the first. Um, I don't, I don't know because I, I think that it depends on the accusations. It depends on the friend. And I'm not saying, I don't think there's any scenario where I would be cool with it, but, but the level of my reaction would depend on, I guess the circumstances and how close I am to that friend. And like, like I'm just getting to be friends with you. We're new friends. So if I heard that about you, I would just not, not fuck with you anymore. Sure. Um, easy, yeah. But if it was a, like a close guy friend of mine, I think I would call them and I'd be like, what the fuck is your problem? You yeah. know? And I, I don't know. I think depending on the person that you uh, it's victimized feels so strong but it's like the road to redemption is different for all scenarios it's not necessarily the same like if somebody wants to jerk off in front of me and then like venmo me two grand please 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 i'll give you my address you know like <laughs> like yeah. money will fix it <laughs> but for some people that's not it i had a friend who was accused of listening to his roommates have sex like be right up against the door and that's pretty creepy but I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, there's a road to redemption there. Like, there's like mm -hmm. something where it's like, dude, you need to apologize. You need to own up to it. All that kind of shit. Like, yeah. if I had a friend who's a like be a, a rapist, I'd mm -hmm. be like, yeah, I'm done with you and you should be in jail, buddy. Like, that's just how that works. Yeah. Right. So there are definitely ways I feel like you hold your friends mm -hmm. accountable. Tell them to own up to it. Uh, tell them to seek help because clearly you need it mm -hmm. if you're doing some of this crazy shit that we hear about um while main while still being like hey look we've been friends for a long time i care about you but what you've done you need mm -hmm. to make right because that's mm -hmm. it's fucking despicable right i feel like there's mm -hmm. ways to do that and i feel like it's sad that this is it's not sad actually it's, it's a good thing because this stuff had been going on for since the dawn of time but we're living mm -hmm. in an age as much as i hate a lot of the digital age with social media yeah. this is a nice thing where it's like yeah let's hold some people accountable for their shitty shitty behavior yeah a absolutely. And I, I don't, yeah. Uh, I mean, that being said, I don't know if it's necessary for everyone. Like, I don't think everyone needs to weigh in on everything. There is a Good weird thing too. where people are like, where people are like, Louie hasn't released an apology. And it's like, yeah, the thing he said wasn't an apology, but I'm also like, we're not the ones owed the apology. Yeah, That's between him and the women. And also, he hasn't apologized or redeemed himself in any way. Um, but I'm like, that's not. 
I don't, I can't remember. I don't know what was that his thing. What was his statement? I can't remember. It's it was like, what I don't, it was horseshit. I don't remember what, what it was. Like an, I remember it was like, a non-apology apology. One of those type of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like an, I'm sorry if you feel that way. Uh, he, he didn't. Oh. And then he like mocked the whole thing doing his special and calling it. Sorry. I'm like, he should be beaten to death. I mean, like, I, I don't, aside from him being a father, he's useless. I think. And it's also like these people that are like, but he's so smart. He's so funny. There are 10,000 comedians. And guess what? A lot of them are very smart and very funny and are not sex pests and are not getting opportunities. And he's getting opportunities. Other comics should be getting get out of the fucking way. You have millions and millions of dollars. And when people are like, I just saw some piece of shit the other day, I saw a clip online. Uh, I could, I can't remember his name actually. One of one of the guys that's in a real shitty crew, and he's like, "Louis lost thirty two million dollars." I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I've lost thousands of dollars, and it guess what? And not from being a fucking sex pest. And I'm like, I've lost money that was a higher percentage of my total amount of money I have. You you didn't lose thirty two million dollars. He didn't. Where did he lose it? He that's stopped earning. Too. He didn't earn twenty. 32 million dollars that he was projected to earn he didn't lose it fuck yes you. that was the point i was about to make and then you just made it because yeah. as a big sports fan a lot of sports owners try to do that mm -hmm. they'll say well we lost 100 million dollars and it's like no you made 100 million you're projected to make 200 million yes so it was yeah. 100 million dollars not lost it was 100 million dollars not realized is what it was that and it's also money. like it's like this happens all the time like society fucking hates women because anytime like a guy rapes a woman it's like but his potential his potential her life is ruined what are you talking about his potential this was his potential this was he he had the potential to rape somebody and he did that's his potential i don't give a fuck about a swimming record sorry now i'm going nuts no, no i just can't great. take it anymore i'm like i can't i'm like what is wrong with people his potential I finally watched the movie Promising what? Young Woman recently. Oh, yeah. That's you see good. That movie? That's a good one. Mm -hmm. It is a good one. But without ruining it, for, I can't. Mm -hmm. There's one part I didn't like. I'll talk to you off the air about mm -hmm. it. Um, but it's a great movie. I highly recommend mm -hmm. it. Uh, yeah. I can't say it on air because it'll ruin the movie. And even though it's been out for a couple of years, I still respect spoiler alerts. Mm -hmm. I got like a five-year limit on spoiler alerts because I'm always late to that's the That's so funny. I don't remember any. You could tell me the beat for beat an entire movie and in a week i'll forget that i've ever even heard the title of the movie <laughs> i could be like that a little bit too um, you mentioned there's a lot of great comedians who uh deserve more of the opportunities and this guy has gotten a ton of opportunities including the opportunity of having you open for him you've uh, been jim jeffrey's opener for quite a while I actually have two fun stories of, mm -hmm. of encounters with Jim Jeffries, and then I'll ask you some good ones. And since you've opened for him, I'd like you to tell my listeners all of the inside stuff that nobody <laughs> wants. To I, I want you to get fired. As the Let me hold on. I will actually let me look at my phone. I'll give you his address and cell phone number. Um. Yeah, just, we'll, we'll put it here. I'm telling people right now on the bottom. I have follow Lisa on social media at Lisa underscore Curry. We'll get Jim Jeffries address there at the bottom. Yeah. Too. <laughs> All right. Perfect. So um, I met Jim Jeffries. I was super. Oh, I'm Olympian Lisa Curry on Instagram, by the way. If you sorry, what? I interrupted. That was psychotic. <laughs> what is it on Instagram? 
Instagram is Olympian Lisa Curry. Okay. The I other ones, that's my that. Twitter. Okay. Well, that's too, sorry. All right. Uh, I think I had your Twitter lined up I'm because I want to talk about one of your tweets in a minute too. Oh yeah, that's so, right. Uh-huh. So I met him. He was doing the Lakeshore Theater in Chicago, which is now the Laugh Factory. The Lakeshore Theater is really mm -hmm. cool, like 350 seats or something. And um, the show, Comedians You Should Know, that I'm now part of. At the time, I wasn't a part of. It had just started. He had popped in over there. He like came by after like mm -hmm. doing something at the Lakeshore Theater. He was in town. And he was hammer drunk, but like a fun drunk. The only mm -hmm. thing he did that I thought was a little bit like, oh, I bet he'd regret that the next morning was there was a stack of like free newspapers that he like threw around or whatever. But other than that, he was very fun and jolly. Mm -hmm. But what he did with me was, I don't know if he'd call it like the end of my set, like one joke. And he said like, oh, was, you know, he's funny. I'm not going to do the Australian accent. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, thanks, dude. You know, and, uh, you know, I was telling him, I had seen a couple of his clips on YouTube, so I knew who he was. Mm -hmm. And I thought he was hilarious and still do. He's one of my favorite comedians. I had a rip in my jeans. They're like a natural like mm -hmm. rip. I don't think I bought them pre-ripped, you know, like like in the crotch or just like <laughs> like in my thigh. Like, like you know, I was gonna say like something weird. <laughs> yeah. Nothing too weird, but it was uh -huh. like a rip where if if you didn't know anybody, you'd be like, oh, he probably bought them like that, but I mm -hmm. didn't. And he was like, oh, what's going on here? And he put his hand in the hole in my jeans and ripped it down really far. <laughs> and I always wanted to bring that up to him, but I'm like, he'll never remember it. Then no I way, yeah. No way. Then I moved to LA like seven years later or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And I was a friend of a friend. What was his name? Oh God, I'm blanking. He's a good dude. I'm sure you know him. Forrest. Uh... Forrest Shaw. Yes. Forrest Shaw. Awesome mm -hmm. guy. Forrest Another Shaw. one of Jim's openers. Yeah. I was doing Long a show with Forrest and mm -hmm. I think Jim was coming in to do another show. I think we're, I mean, mm -hmm. me and Forrest were in the improv lab and Jim was probably uh, in the main room. And he introduced us and we were talking a little bit, but I didn't bring it up, you know, and then, um, but he was outside smoking with someone. And I think I was going outside and as I was walking outside. I don't know why I had a hat on. I took the hat off as I held the door open. I have no idea why I did this. I think in my brain, I'm like, oh, you might not recognize you because you have a hat on now. Yeah. So I took the hat off. And then he was like, Jesus, what are you, a professional doorman? Like, that was real proper. <laughs> like, oh, good day, sir, or whatever. He like fucking locked the door. And I'm like, shit, I'm not going to let that one down. And uh, I just don't know to him. I looked at him. I go, I have no idea why I did that shit, dude. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, it's got to be. You're like, fun. I was hoping you'd remember me from the ripped jeans. I was wearing yeah. ripped remember jeans when you, in Chicago years ago. Remember you exposed <laughs> my thigh to a bunch of people? Huh? Remember that? Could get you canceled for that shit. No. Uh, but, That's hilarious. Yeah. So when you were in Europe, though, you weren't with him. Or you were? No, no, no. I started touring with Jim. Like last July, and mostly in the U.S., and then we did some Canada dates together in June this year. That's amazing. Yeah, he's a great comedian. I love his. Uh, oh, he's great. The way he breaks down a subject matter. Obviously, his guns bit went mm -hmm. viral a hundred million times over. Um, sadly, whenever there's another mass shooting, it goes viral again, which has mm -hmm. got to be a fucked up thing. I almost, I would, I'd love to ask him that. Like, what does it feel like to know every time there's a gun related tragedy? your 12 minutes it's wild i mean i i know jim is uh very very frustrated by it and is like how is this still how is this still a thing why you know and it's children, like right mm -hmm. he has a couple of kids yeah i've heard him talk about his kids and i could tell he's a real sweet dad which is mm -hmm. cool oh yeah yeah he's a he's very much of a family man that's great yeah it's nice it's i i love working with him it's still uh i mean i met him writing for the Jim Jeffrey show, which was, I started there September 
2019. So I've known Jim now for a few years and it's still very surreal to me. I, I think because partially because it took me so long to catch a break. I mean, I waited tables for 20 fucking years. I mean, I started when I was a child, when I was like 15. Um, but I, I did that. I struggled for so long and I was always a fan of Jim's. So then when I got hired on the show, that was wild enough to me. And then when I started opening for him, I was like, what the fuck is my life? And I keep thinking back to like, like what, uh, if I could go back and tell myself like when I was like at my lowest point and I'm like home and I'm watching his comedy special and I'm like watching one of his specials, like if you would have told me like, Hey, so you're going to start opening for this comic, you know, in a handful of years, I would have been like, you're on fucking LSD. I've died. I'm on the other side of things. Uh, <laughs> you know, like there's no way it's, it's just, it's really cool. And um, I'm just, I'm really grateful. And I know that sounds so corny, but. Um, it doesn't. No, I'm, I'm a, I used to think like it sounds corny too, but now I don't know. I'm getting a little bit wiser in my years, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And I like hearing people think to themselves, yeah, this is crazy. This is cool. Cause this is it, yeah. And I've now I get to open for them and they're awesome on top of that. And you're grateful. Yeah. Fuck it. Tell the world. I think that's amazing. It's also, I, I cannot, I can't fuck with this idea that like, everything's like yeah it's whatever it's what if it's whatever then fucking stop doing it if you're not excited by you know like working in entertainment is crazy crazy because you know you can make i'll make the same amount in a weekend when i'm when i'm booked please book me <sighs> you know i'll make the same in a weekend as like my dad would building fucking skyscrapers when I was a kid and like working in steel mills. And I'm like, it isn't so insane to me that I will work for two to three hours standing on stage, making people laugh. I'm in no danger. I, well, <laughs> actually, uh, uh, yeah. like my job isn't inherently dangerous. I'm being flown out. I'm being fed. I'm being put up in a hotel. And I'm like, I, this whole thing, thing is such a privilege and it's yeah it like, really is it's like if you're doing this shit and you're like yeah it's whatever go away we don't need you actually we'll let people who are excited by this do it F fuck off go work in I an mean, office you know learn to play bass you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, anything get the anything. fuck out of the way it is one of those things too where I'm trying to take that approach to other things in life, which is hard to do because I only just mm -hmm. recently realized how lucky I am to be a comedian only over the last few years where it's like, man, I wasted seven years always thinking about the next thing instead of mm -hmm. enjoying the current thing. You know, like, what could this lead to? What could that? Oh, I had a great show, but no one fucking was in the audience that could make it different. You know, that kind of dumb thing that we all get sucked into at one point, uh -huh. I feel like. Uh, I was walking my dog like two days ago, and I don't know why, but I was in an angry mood. And then I thought to myself, I'm like, if I can enjoy walking my dog, like what's, I shouldn't be like in a mm -hmm. bad mood walking a dog that I love to death and would be devastated, you know, when that yeah. day comes, like I should be enjoying this. And it was just mm -hmm. like, I feel like moments of self-realization like that are just very key. Uh, now we, we referenced this a little bit earlier in regards to a tweet. Uh, I'm bringing this up because by the way, I love you as a follow on Twitter. And that's why I had follow oh, lisa I, I wrote social media because i was hoping your handle was all the same on everything <laughs> i wish it check. was but i wasn't clever enough to come up with olympian lisa curry before 
Okay, very quickly, why Olympian? So there is an Olympic gold medalist um, named Lisa Curry in Australia, and she took our name. So I took Olympian because fuck you. Also, because I'm like, Lisa Curry is an absurdly common name. I mean, my name may as well be Bill Smith. It's and I can't get my name on any social media ever anywhere. It's so uh, I've tried to make it Olympian, excuse me, Olympian Lisa Curry places because I'm like, it's funny to me. It's memorable. And and it's something that isn't already taken. Please don't fuck with me and take it, anyone. Um, but it's that's me on TikTok and Instagram and Venmo. And I just, I can't, I actually try to switch my Twitter, uh, but it's one character too long. And I'm like, well, I can't have it Olympia, Lisa Curry, one place, and then Olympian somewhere else. Because yeah. that's more confusing than just having a different Twitter. And it sucks too, because like that. my Twitter is where I have the most followers. So I'm like, well, fuck. Anyway, whatever. And that's why I'm not on Snapchat because it's two characters too long for Snapchat. So I just was like, well, then I'm not going to be on this app. <laughs> I had that app. happen. My name isn't nearly as common as yours, mm-hmm. clearly. But I was lucky enough where I had my name at Joe Kilgallen on everything except the mm-hmm. two latest things, meaning TikTok. I had to do Joe Kilgallen no. comedy. And then Venmo, I'm like Joseph hyphen Kilgallen two. No. And there's another person where he this dude i don't i think he's in um county sligo ireland where he changed his to joe kilgallen not the comedian because people kept sending him money and he was cool enough to do so literally if you'd like if you go to next time you go in venmo type in my name and you'll see like, the list of options and joe kilgallen not oh my the comedian, God. is one of them which i find if somebody hilarious. wants to send me money yeah if somebody wants to send me money it's Please do. I didn't. Oh, because people were sending you money for like comedy stuff, like your friends yeah, or whatever. People were paying okay. me for shows. And then he was like, why am I getting paid? Like the, a lot of like shows in Chicago, the, I don't know, just, I'll use ours for an example. Comedians you should know, although we, we pay people cash because we're old school. Mm-hmm. Um, So it'd be like, comedians you should know sent you money. So he was getting notifications where it's like laugh something or other sent me 80 bucks. How did he figure like, out it was you? He probably tried to get his own name because we have the same name on other things and i beat him uh-huh. to it or when he googles his own name i'm kicking his ass <laughs> you know what i mean i've got way more uh-huh. uh have you ever googled yourself and see what the other searches related your name comes up with it's just the other lisa curry i mean i would i'm curious if somebody else googles me because i'm like well my my computer it's going to show me at the top but then the other lisa curry um the olympic gold medalist i mean she has 15 medals i don't know oh, i can't yeah, remember how many of them are gold like She's a personal trainer now. She started winning her medals like in the 80s. I'm like, she's a she's way ahead of me. Way ahead of me. She has a memoir, you know. Uh although it's funny, like some of my friends, sometimes there's been articles about her, and my friends will tag me in it because but because they think it's me. And I'm like, it's she's 60 years old, guys. It's not me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she also has like piercing blue eyes. I'm like, you could you could see from 10 miles away, I don't have blue eyes. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, it's it sucks when there's someone who's got you beat like that. Mm-hmm. So Tom Takar, awesome mm-hmm. comedian, everyone, look mm-hmm. him up. I actually saw him a few weeks ago in New York. He was originally going by Thomas Brady. Cause, yeah, because that was his name. That was his name, right? And so mm-hmm. I, I remember even when I first met him after a few weeks being like, dude, you got it. And there's another comedian, Stephen Castillo, who used to be Stephen King. His real name was Stephen King. Oh, boy. And he went by Stephen King for a while. And I remember just saying like, 
it sucks because no matter what you do, you're never going to overcome Tom Brady and the author Stephen King. So both of them had to. There's no their way. Name. There's so. no fucking way. Your name may as well be Prince. I uh, yeah. You're just <laughs> what are you gonna do? Um, but I did Google myself recently, and I find it kind of funny because uh, when you type in my name, it shows up Joe Kilgallen bio. Mm-hmm. Like you know, they show you the other Google searches. Mm-hmm. Joe Kilgallen comedian makes sense. Then the third one is Joe Kilgallen wife. Which is like a bunch of pervs out there trying to find what my wife looks like. I mm-hmm. think it's let's Louis search. He's on it so much that he. <laughs> <laughs> and then Joe Kilgallen height, which I find hilarious. Like, why are people looking That's at my really height? Funny. That Six is really one, funny. If you guys were wondering, okay, I don't know why. It's not like it's a secret. It's a strange That's really thing. funny. Yeah, maybe people see videos of mine on YouTube. I've, I'm actually doing pretty decent on TikTok and YouTube, so maybe mm-hmm. people are seeing it and then they're thinking, okay, let's. Let's see how yeah, tall he I is. Yeah, I think people want to picture you, you as a 3D person, you know? Yeah, I just never understood why anyone would care about a comedian's height, though. I could see, like, I have jokes where I talk about being married with kids, so I could see people being like, oh, maybe I'll look up his wife, mm-hmm. you know? So, anyway. Um, I do yeah. that a lot. I'll look up so-and-so wife or girlfriend or whatever or husband, because I just because I want to be able to picture them. If you're talking about the person, I want to be able to picture them, you know, because it's a better listening experience. Oh, I get For that. Me, yeah, that makes sense. You know, that totally makes sense. So Lisa, everyone had a tweet that said, asked a couple of guy friends why men are so weird to me and only say they love me months after we break up. I want to address that part. But the second part is really what hit home to me. And in unison, those friends said, you're scary. Um, I find that the scary part I'll talk about first, then we'll backtrack. Well, mm-hmm. what's the Tarantino went when you go backwards? Mm-hmm. The scary part, I don't think it's scary. Again, I don't. we don't know each other super well. I think we're getting to know each other. But I think guys in general are intimidated by female comedians. I think female entertainers in general, because there's a weird thing with dudes. Sorry, fellas listening. I'm giving away a secret here where we think we're supposed to be on stage and you're supposed to be in the crowd. And I don't think mm-hmm. those guys know how to handle that a little bit. Cause I've had this conversation yeah. with so many of my female friends, ones, you know, pretty well. I've had this conversation with Lisa Traeger and, and Megan Gailey. And they are terrifying. You know, I'm kidding. I'm terrifying. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> now that I think about it. Ew, yeah. But I, I, really I adore them both. Lisa used to scare the shit out of me, um, but she's, she's lovely and so funny. Yeah. Super funny. Uh, but I, I guess I could see Lisa. I mean, I guess when I met her, you know, I think I'm like three years older than her. I think she's like 35 now, maybe. She was this 21-year-old kid who was mm-hmm. had, you know what she would do? She would keep uh, beer in a cooler in her trunk and bond with people by being like, I got beer in my trunk. You want to go for beer? And people are like, what? That's really and, funny. Yeah, it was a good I think thing, also so. I try to parse out for women like Lisa. Uh, God, that sounds, that sounds psychotic. Women like Lisa. Um, I try to be aware of the difference between somebody being nice and like gregarious or like outwardly friendly, because I think a lot of women that aren't just like, Oh my God, Hey, how are you? And like really huggy. If you're just kind of like more grounded and normal, like Lisa is like, she's just like, Oh, Hey, you know, and not like all over the place. People are like, Oh, what a bitch. Because there is this expectation for women to be like, super outgoing and, and like more, I don't want to say I'm, I'm hesitant to say friendly. Cause I don't want to say that Lisa's unfriendly. No, but, but I know what you, mean, you know though. what I mean? No, I know exactly. Like almost flirtatious. Like if you're not, if women aren't like that, people are like, Oh, what a cunt. And it's like, 
No, I mean, there's people that I will freely say are a bunch of cons, but, but, um, oh, I would too about you know, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, Lisa's definitely not. I've never seen her be fake in my mm -hmm. life. Yeah. So if, if women or people in general expect women to be like, oh my God, it's so great to meet and all that kind of shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's not going to be her at all. But I, but back to that tweet, I really don't think it's, I think they were just kind of fucking with you by saying you're scary. And I know it's a tweet. So you're, you're trying to throw some humor into it, of course, which mm -hmm. I like a funny tweet, of course. But I really wanted to kind of talk about this because I think dudes out there listening, it's like, mm -hmm. You can't, I mean, unless you're just really afraid of these type of women, but I really think you're missing out because um, these are some great women. And I don't think you need to be afraid because they're getting more attention than you doing whatever it is they do. I feel yeah. like, like you guys, people should be lifting each other up a little bit, but I don't, I don't know why I'm sounding like a fucking relationship counselor. Yeah, well, and of course I'm going to get more attention than you. I'm fucking charming. Try to match that. <laughs> yeah. It, right. Fucking step up your game. You fucking accountant. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Uh, what's this one though? <laughs> Have men come up to you months later and said they loved you after you broke up? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Like? It's weird because I've also like, uh, this has to do with me and the way I was raised and things that were said to me growing up and my own insecurities and whatever. Which will be our but, second episode together. By but, yeah, you're, exactly. You're, you're... But I, I have in most of my relationships felt like, Oh, this guy's not even into me. Like, I, like I was dating someone recently and uh, like, I mean, maybe he'll listen to this. <sighs> sorry if that's weird if you do um but like if we had plans to see a seven o'clock movie he'd be like okay well meet me at my house at 6 30 and we'll go to the movie and then we would just like go to the movie and then come back to his place and i'd stay over and then that would be it and i would see him every like seven to ten days and i had said at one point i was like hey i'd like to see you more often and he goes well you're already gonna see me this weekend and i'm like oh, okay Never mind. Um, <laughs> and he would just never, never make time to see me for more than like 10 minutes. And like, like he seemed into me like in ways, but I was like, oh, this is all a tell. Or like we would have dinner at his house and he would not, it would be like dead silence. And I would try to engage him in conversation and I'd be like, oh, how was your day? Good. Uh, you know, or like we were, we were talking about travel one time and he was like talking about having been to Germany and I was like, Oh, where in Germany were you? And he's like, Berlin period. And I'm like, okay. Um, <clears throat> what were you, uh, what were you doing over there? And it's like this, and it was just like, never, never, never asked me any question about myself. And I'm like, Oh, this guy's not even, not into me at all. He must so, be really good looking for you to put up with all that blandness. He's cute. Yeah, I was I gotta imagine he was really good looking because I mean, sex was fun. Um, yeah, there you but, go. But then I broke up with him, and then four months later, he's texting me, I love you. And I'm like, what? What That's the fuck? I, yeah. we, we, we hung out a total of 20 times, maybe. I, I'm like, this is this doesn't even make any fucking sense. And it, it's, it's, I mean, that's the most recent example, but there's been a lot of that, like where I had an ex from a couple of years ago that I was in love with and still, unfortunately. And, uh, 
like when we were together, I've got the vibe that it, towards the end, I was like, oh, he's not into me. Um, cause he never, he never wanted to have sex. And I was like, okay, well, I guess this guy's like not even attracted to me. So whatever. And, uh, and then he came back to me like a year ago and was like, I'm still in love with you. And I'm like, well, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? I, it's just, it's super weird where I'm like, I, but this is, this is a constant in my life to the point where I'm like, I don't, uh, it's always like way, way after where I'm like, well, the, we're not, well, now what, now what, you know, it almost feels like a waste of time to go through it all again. I'm almost wondering if you're like unintentionally attracted to these real introverted guys who don't know how to tell you I how guess. they feel. And they're kind of like, Oh, I don't want to fuck this up. So, you know, mm -hmm. I, I don't want to say anything stupid around her. Cause she's really funny and smart and all mm -hmm. this kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, and I don't know, maybe they got like internal show. Like, I'm not good enough for her. I can't believe I'm out with her and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then a few months go by and they're just still obsessed with you. And then they finally are like, I just got to fucking text her, you know? Uh, but it's, that's so. a weird, that's a weird approach because I can't figure out the fact that it's happened multiple times to you multiple and both guys, you said the Five one dude times, wasn't showing yeah. you a lot of attention. Uh -huh. the other dude would barely talk to you. Mm -hmm. Um, it makes me think that these were just like real introverted dudes who probably it's thought they weren't good enough for you originally. So weird. And like the two guys that I can think of offhand that I date, and this sounds like I've dated a lot and I didn't, I was in completely single for 11 years and I went on like a couple of dates. Um, but there was a couple of guys that during it, I felt like they were really into me. Like physically, we talked a lot. We joked around a lot. Like they communicated with me a ton. And then at the end of it, they were like, when I was like, hey, so this is the only two times in my life too, by the way, that I've ever had the nerve to be like, hey, so what is this? You know, both times they were like, oh God, this is just sex for me. Like, I, I don't know. I, I'm, you know, I'm just really affectionate. Sorry, I gave you the wrong impression. I'm like, we spent holidays together what <laughs> so i'm like am i do i not know how I'm like i i talk in front of crowds for a living i'm i feel you know like i know how room. to read people yeah and but i'm like what is this um I, yeah it's very confusing <laughs> i don't know but i i do know i i wouldn't think that it's so much you being scary as it is these guys just not knowing how to deal with someone who's has a spotlight on them i feel like there's I just guess. some guys that are just like intimidated by that guess, that's what i've gathered because yeah. it's happened I'll to way that. too many female comedian <laughs> friends of mine so many of them i just picked up on the trend because you're just hanging out just hearing the complaints from so many different my friends and i'm like oh it's not any of you it can't be mm -hmm. any of you if you're all saying the same shit yeah over a good amount of years um yeah it's definitely it's it's i wouldn't worry about the scary part um, but it did make me laugh how it was a, it was a very funny tweet. Oh, and thanks. Well, then, and then I got DMs. You want hearts, We're... and I got it like right after you tweeted it. So that thing did well. <laughs> yeah, I I got DMs after that where a couple of guys were like, oh, yeah, no, you are kind of scary. And one guy was like, oh, no, yeah, one of my friends uh, has a big crush on you. And he's been asking me about you. And he said he's too scared to talk to you. And I'm like, what? I talk to anyone who will talk to me, anyone who starts a conversation to the point where sometimes I'm like, I have to cut myself off because otherwise I will give this person all of my time just because they keep engaging. And I'm like, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, we're comedians. We're all attention whores. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I will talk to you. I'll send you a postcard. I'll babysit your kids. Just give me attention. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Before we do our final segment, um, 
I've loved talking to you, Lisa. I definitely want to have you back on because I know you've got a really cool family life, like from your, from growing up and it's stuff wild. like that. So mm-hmm. I want to save that for the next one. And then we'll also catch up on your dating life. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll see if you've had any more men come out of the woodworks being like, I still fucking love you, babe. It's my fault. I should have been, I was a different man back then. Um, whatever dudes plead to you. So, uh, what, any like shows in particular you want to plug coming up? This will be out, uh, two days from now. So anything coming up the weekend around well, Halloween or in November? Mm-hmm. I don't have anything for a minute, anything of my own. Uh, November 18th and 19th, I believe, whatever that Friday, Saturday is, I'm in Vegas with Jim. We're at the Mirage. Not that I need to plug his shows. Uh, But if you are in Boston, I am at Off Cabot the first weekend in December. And it's a new club. And this is my first time there. And I would like to make a good impression. Uh, I would very much like to make a good impression. And if you're in Fort Collins or Denver, I'll be there the weekend of what is it, December 18th or whatever that weekend, the weekend before Christmas weekend. Um, and uh, I would very much like a sellout bonus. So please come to that. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the weekend of this December 17th is this yeah, yeah, Saturday. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Awesome. Everyone check out Lisa. She's hilarious. Uh, now Thank here's you. five good ones where I asked five pretty random questions, uh, a little bit of something for everybody here. Question number one. What historical figure would you want to beat the shit out of? You can't say Hitler. Too mm-hmm. obvious. Also, don't Trump's too obvious. So, mm-hmm. again, what historical figure would you want to beat the shit out of? Oh, God. I don't I know. know. It's a good one, right? There's a lot. There's so many. I'm like, it's got to be a politician, right? Um, Oh, man, I wish I would have thought of this in advance. You know, I probably should give some of these questions in advance now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> this one would be a good one to be like, hey, I'll, when I when we were texting earlier, I should have thrown this your way. It's all good. Um, man, I don't know, because I was thinking you were going to say, like, you know, a positive thing. Like, would you want to meet or whatever? Uh, I um, Sometimes I do positive questions, but I wanted to lead off. Christ, with... I don't know. Uh you know, let's skip it and go. We somebody can go back that's to it. yeah. Okay. Okay. Can mm-hmm. we go back to it? Yeah. Is let's that go back to for it. you. Mm-hmm. Cause the number two will probably be an easier one. Maybe. Um, what is the weirdest place you've ever done it? And by done it, I mean done it. Oh, the weirdest place. Yeah. I always have a random sex question thrown into the mix. Um, I, I mean, once on a balcony, there was people, there's for sure people walking around, um, outside and that was fun. That was a rush. Do they stop and cheer you on? Do they go? No, no. There was like a couple walking and, um, a couple of like people walking their dog. It was like later. It was at like dusk. Um, that's not even weird. Wait, How, how high was the balcony? second floor <laughs> oh, okay that's pretty good because i'm i'm afraid of heights so like oh you know if, um if like hey let's go out on the balcony i'd be like what are we on the seventh floor i gotta say no to that yeah i don't know other than that i think it's been indoors i mean i messed around with it i fooled around with a guy on um on a lifeguard stand one time um but that that's wasn't we didn't have sex hand stuff on a baywatch lifeguard tower <laughs> pretty great <laughs> yeah good one. i like that lifeguard tower is one of my favorite answers i've heard yeah, I've okay good <laughs> or you're not the first one 
Um, I had comedian Ali Drapos on. She's a Chicago comedian who's amazing. She had a really funny answer to the her no, actually, her question was, What was the your weirdest sexual encounter? And she talked about hooking up with a guy who kept going, uh-huh, uh-huh, like during it. Oh, like no. almost like he was reading a report where he's like, uh-huh. No, uh-huh. like just reading like down like a line item list or something. Mm-hmm. That one still makes me laugh. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. <laughs> right? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be like, yeah. what the fuck is this guy doing? Uh-huh. Question number three. What is your favorite drink? Oh, it's uh, a beer mixed drink. But I was going to say, based on how much I drink, I have to say coffee. I have too much coffee. I have three like cups of coffee, coffee a day, if not four it. or five. Mm, cream and sugar. I know. And I get shit for people are like, that's not even coffee. Well, who cares? Well, fuck you. I don't you. give a shit. I, I don't know what to I don't tell drink you. coffee at all. Oh, that's, that's sinful. People think I'm crazy. They go, you have two kids and you're a comedian. You don't drink any coffee. I'm like, no, I just hate the taste of it. I have plenty of caffeine, but I don't. See, my parents were always really into coffee. And then when I was on the swim team, my dad would go in the morning and get like, we had a little convenience store by our house called Zip Foods, uh, like 7-Eleven type thing. And my dad would get himself a coffee and then he'd give me one of those wretched, I couldn't possibly drink one now, but those like french vanilla cappuccino things that it's not it's it's neither french nor cappuccino and it's just like out of a machine and so i started having those i mean it's basically starting your day with a fucking hot ice cream cone it's it's pure sugar and caffeine so uh and then i was hooked yeah i mean they get you early with that coffee um I can't, I just can't do the taste. And people are like, have you tried this? Have you tried that? I'm like, I've tried everything. And then it got to the point where I'm like, I'm done trying. You know, I think I've had like six half cups of coffee in my life, but I can never get through it. It's just, it's not for me. Here's a fun one. I think you might dig. Um, TV character you'd want to marry. Oh, God, you know who I have the biggest crush on? You're going to laugh at me. Listen, if somebody out there is listening and uh, if somebody out there is listening, if if someone out there listening knows uh, knows him, uh, knows Nicholas Braun, I need you. I need you to set us up. Uh, Nicholas Braun is cousin Greg from Succession. I have a massive crush on him. Like I can't. It's hard for me to watch the show. I'm like, he's too hot. He's too hot. He's tall. He's got dark hair. He's got a big nose. All the things I like. What what do you like about a big nose? I don't know. I don't know. I just kind of noticed I do because I'm like, oh, I like he's on that like um, (laughs) I say the spectrum. It's him, Adrian Brody, also hot as fuck. And uh, Adam, um, whatever, the guy from Girls. I know that that's not a good marriage story. Adam Driver. Adam Driver. The three of them are kind of like in this sphere where they're all like tall, skinny, big nose, dark hair. Oh, I can't get enough. Okay. All right. Yeah. You definitely have a type. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, I don't even, and that's, I've never in my life dated a man that looks like that. Never. <laughs> kind of a rare breed. I can't think of any dudes I know who look like that in real life. Wait, did I you say TV it. show or movie or just TV show? I said TV show character. Okay. So you'd want to marry the character or do you not like the character? Oh, the character? The actor. But the I mean, actor works little, too. He's a little nervous for, uh, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But then I think you'd want somebody like fun, like fucking Rob McElhoney from uh, Sonny. That's a good one. He's on the list of dudes 
So I just started exercising again, like mm -hmm. exercising. I, I joined a gym a couple of weeks ago mm -hmm. and I had a friend who's like, dude, you just turned 38 and uh, you know, what are you trying to get ripped or something? I'm like, no, I'm not really trying to get ripped. I'm just trying to feel good again. And then I started coming up with a list of dudes in their mid forties who are ripped. Mm -hmm. He's pretty fucking jacked right now, but they all have personal oh, yeah. trainer. So yeah. they shouldn't count. They're not like us mere mortals, you know? Um, Rob McEnany would be a good one for me. I'll give you one of the ones I was thinking about. I like kind of like fun, sassy, like mm -hmm. TV characters. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, who give like shit. I was a big fan of um, CJ Craig on the West Wing, who was played by Allison oh, Janney. I... Oh, yeah. I love Allison Janney. Yeah. I always had, I always have a crush on Allison Janney in general, but I always liked her character on that show a lot. Um, and then who else was, I liked the mom and Malcolm in the middle a little bit. <laughs> I liked her. Um, who else? Ah, there's a few other ones, but as far as like, cause you, it has to be like Mary. Cause obviously bang, mm -hmm. there's, you know, it's television and movies. There's a oh, yeah. Well, if we, like if her. we include movies, I think the hottest any man has ever been ever is Billy Crudup. Crudup. How, how do you say his fucking last name in almost famous? My God, I would murder somebody. <laughs> he is pretty great in that movie. Yeah. As, as a dude, that's, He's a dude you want to be in that uh -huh. movie. He's like, that guy's cool as fuck. Like, yeah. he's the talented one. He's also uh -huh. very chill. Like, but he's got like, uh, I don't know. He had that rock star quality. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, that yeah. That amazing. whole, that like, that, that kind of like long hair, mustache, 70s dude, way into it. <laughs> Which feels unfortunate. Kate Hudson looks great in that too. Oh, All the women were dressed so up real nice yeah. in that. Yeah. yeah, I was in Anna Paquin in that. I remember oh, yeah. she was pretty, um, she's pretty new. I hope mm -hmm. God, like she was at least 20 in that, right? But I was like 20 when it came out, so I shouldn't feel weird. That was the thing I was talking about with a friend of mine once. He's like, dude, you realize all of us talking about Kelly Kapowski being hot from Saved by the Bell? Mm -hmm. She was 16 in that. Doesn't that make us creeps? And I'm like, dude, I was eight though while she was 16. So it's not like I'm viewing it yeah. as a fucking 38 year old now, as you know what I mean? Now I look at it like, eh, but like, it's a different lens. So all the guys in my generation who are like in their early to thirties to early forties who were into like mm -hmm. Anga and Kelly Kapowski, I'm going to let all us dudes know it's different. Cause we were younger than the people we were into. If you just, yeah, and you just hold show, on to that crush. Yeah. yeah it's you, like I mean, me being in love with Macaulay Culkin when I was a kid. It's like, yeah. Yeah, totally. It's not you know like, who oh, I saw by the way, sorry, this is a side note, but no, sure. um, who I saw at Raya yesterday fucking andrew keegan really yeah and i was like i just i well, obviously like i was like oh this dude's hot and i he's hit about like, you and all swipe. that stuff and then as i as i hit like yeah i like this dude i was like hold on a second he looks familiar because i was already like oh this guy's fucking hot and then i go back and i was like get out of here um and it's it's funny because i was never like i mean when i was growing up i wasn't like into the heartthrob guys i was like um you didn't subscribe to tiger beat not at all i remember a friend of mine my best friend growing up uh got a she got a new kids on the block um what's it called sleeping bag and she's and i went to her house and i was like who are these guys because like i have two older brothers that are like eight and nine years older than me so and they were into hair metal so I was like, my first crush was was fucking Axl Rose. <laughs> like, so when my friends were like, you know, ooh, I think Devin Sawa is so hot. And I'm like, have you seen Brett Michaels? 
clothes. <laughs> <laughs> just totally. Uh, yeah. Well, you were into men. They were into boys. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. That's the difference there. But Andrew Keegan was a guy. I was talking about this with maybe my wife, but because we were watching, I think 10 Things I Hit About You, we came across on TV mm-hmm. or something. He was like a star. He was in mm-hmm. a lot of movies and then just didn't do anything. And I was telling my wife, I go, I have a theory about some of these people. I think they were they're assholes. Because why else would a <laughs> why else would a really good career just disappear overnight? Unless you were coasting on a look, you know what I mean? Think like some people just get tired of it. Like I know, um uh that's true too. You're right. There's well, I don't want to reveal because I don't want to reveal who the, I had the conversation with, but I know of somebody that was a big heartthrob in the 90s, and they were just like they didn't really like the business. Like they made it and then they were like, I fucking hate this place. Yeah. And they, no, they that, made that enough money that they're fine. And I think that that's the case with a lot of people too. I respect the hell out of that. I do still think that I've, I'm partially right. I do think mm-hmm. there's some people where it's oh, sure. like, cause if, if, you know, if you're good enough, if you're a good actor or actress and you're booking a lot of roles, cause we've seen mm-hmm. that happen with a lot of people. I felt bad about this one. Cause I remember saying to myself, Man, Tara Reed was in everything for five years. Mm-hmm. What happened? And then I looked into it. And I'm like, oh yeah, she had like a botched plastic surgery. She had some other issues. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, now I just feel terrible for even, you know, thinking maybe she was just, you know, a Devon set. And then people are like, yeah. we can't fucking deal with you anymore. Cause that's yeah. happened to people too, where everyone's yeah. like, this guy was a piece of shit. And it was just like, there's enough of that. So yeah. hi, there goes your career. Yeah. So long story yeah, short, everyone and then some people everybody. are just assholes forever. And everyone's like, I don't know, they make us enough money. It's fine. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, question five. Uh, favorite moment in comedy? In my own career? Yeah. Besides doing this podcast. Oh, fuck. I don't know. Joe. See, here's the thing, too. And I want to. I've had some. I've had a lot of highlights. I apologize to Lisa because now, you know, I just started having guests on again. And I was doing it for a while where I'd have guests on every so often. Like I said in the beginning of the episode, I just get lazy sometimes with it, or if there'd be cancellations last second. I need to send a couple of these questions in advance. <laughs> a couple of them you want the hot takes, where it's like, what's your instinct? But a couple of these I need to send in advance because I it is they're loaded questions now that I think about it. They're big questions and they deserve big answers. I don't know. I don't know how to answer it just because I have so many things that were like it's funny this is a question you ask your guest by the way do you know i i would say a recent thing that a recent yeah exactly yeah everyone looking a long story long i need to uh (laughs) plug your show now um a a recent thing that i was like i can't believe i'm here right now uh was in this didn't come through it didn't work out but uh, SNL reached out to me and asked me to submit a packet for Weekend Update. And it's one of those jobs that like writing for Weekend Update specifically is so fucking hard to get. And um, I don't know anyone at the show. And when I had representation, they were like, yeah, we don't even know how to get you that packet. And it wasn't, it's so hard to get that I didn't even bother ever fantasizing about that because I'm like, well, that's, it's really, I'm going to put all my hopes and dreams into like the hardest fucking thing. And obviously I didn't get staffed. This this season is going on, but to have somebody from the show where I don't know fucking anyone 
to have them reach out to me and say, hey, we'd like to see a packet from you is wild. It, I can't believe it. That's got to feel amazing because it's like, you know, oh, you're yeah. doing things right. Yeah. And then and, you know, crushing that I didn't get it. <laughs> um, but it's Isn't nice it that I'm on their radar. Get... Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. I would be walking on air from that. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't even watch SNL. <laughs> but it is funny how as as comedians as entertainers or whatever we could get mad about something that we didn't even know we wanted or mm -hmm. didn't even oh. think about mm -hmm. it was like like if, if say next year snl was like oh yeah we're into you i would be like oh my god but then all my friends would be like you fucking don't watch the show why do you give a shit and i'm like i don't know everyone wants to be asked to the ball right like it's one of those things that's the thing and i i i am somebody that talks about this shit a lot too because i'm like i've been very, very close to a lot of my dream jobs and, uh, and then haven't gotten them. And I'm like, I still did good enough work to get very close to them. And so, you know what, I, I'm going to talk about it and not like in a bragging, not like in a, yeah, I did this and you didn't, but like, I'm fucking proud of myself. Saturday Night Live reached out to me to ask me to submit writing. And who cares that they didn't hire me? They didn't reach out to fucking most people I know, you know? And I'm like, not, and that's not a dig against most people I know, but I'm like, I still get to count that as a win. It definitely you know? is the win. I mm -hmm. mean, like, yeah, you said almost, you're almost got your dream job several times to even be in the conversation for these things to even get into meetings is mm -hmm. that's, that's the victory. And then you just keep trying to build from there. I think. Yeah, I think so. All right, tell everyone. Thank you for being. Oh, I was going to say I thought about my first question. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. I totally forgot about the first question. <laughs> if you want, um, no, I'm sorry, I didn't want to hold you too long because we're over an hour and ten right now. Oh, what is uh, a historical figure you'd want to beat the shit out of? Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald for changing the course of history. It, fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah, I don't think. He although, did it, although, <laughs> here's the thing. But here's and the I don't thing. Not even conspiracy theorists, but that one, I'm like, yeah, I don't think he did that shit. Here's where it gets complicated. Jim here's... Jeffries has a great joke about that. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, here's here's where I get um, where I also sound cuckoo. Uh, I consider uh, why am I blanking on his name right now? I consider Jimmy Hoffa a personal hero um, for what he did for the labor movement. I mean, I just. Uh, but he fucking hated Kennedy. And there's a book, the book that the Irishman is based on. Double I heard cross? you paint houses. Or what, what was it called? I heard you paint houses. Oh, okay. It's one of my favorites. And uh, you gotta, you gotta read the book. It it goes, they, there's personal stories that go along with police records and this and this, and the, the, the author did a, a fantastic job and Scorsese didn't as much, even though I love him so much. I think the movie, I, I, I am disappointed in the movie. Anyway, um, God, this is the longest answer. But uh, I do believe, I do truly believe that Jimmy Hoffa uh, ordered the hit on Kennedy, on both of the Kennedys. And um, because, because uh, JFK told, told, promised Jimmy Hoffa, he's like, you will be protected if you get people to, like, if you help me get elected. And his dad was involved in the mob. Joe Kennedy was involved in the mob. And yeah, um, yeah. And so 
Jimmy Hoffa whipped up all these these votes and helped him get elected. And then the second he was in office, he uh, he appointed RFK, his brother, to be attorney general. And then as soon as RFK took office, he immediately went after Jimmy Hoffa for like racketeering and stuff. And so Jimmy Hoffa felt very betrayed. And when Kennedy was assassinated, he showed up at the union hall and they had the flag at half mast. And he walked in and he was like, put that flag back up right now. Fuck him. And it's like, he didn't, he didn't say fuck him, but he was like, put it back up. Yeah. He's like, we're not honoring that man. And I'm but like, wasn't he doing some criminal shit though, Hoffa? I mean, I respect yes! what he was for the labor movement, but he was doing a lot of yeah. shit. I mean, yes, but I also respect I crime. Yeah. <laughs> I also like crime, Joe. There you go. That's cool. Though. I got it. <laughs> Organized crime too. It's not yeah, and, you know, I do like. I do appreciate being organized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Hey, I'm pro union. I, I yeah. actually owe my union dues. I think I have to pay them. Uh, I haven't got my list card. So, all right. I like that answer though, Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. So, were you a Kennedy fan too, or not really? Yeah. I mean, I don't. Uh, I I like the I. He did. I don't think Vietnam happens the way it did under him. Yeah. Yeah. I think it happens differently although i'm curious you know um and then there was the bay of pigs and there's other he fucked up a lot i think i like the idea of the kennedys more than even the kennedys like it you know this irish catholic family um i'm i'm a big fan of sailing (laughs) it's just that like east coast vibe and i just i don't i think that they uh i think things would have gone in a different and better direction if the Kennedys were still around, especially Bobby over Nixon. Yeah. And I'm like, if we have to have a, if, if we must be a country that is run by a legacy family, I'd rather it be Democrats. Yeah. You know, I got, um, anyway, I'm a, I'm a fan. I was a fan of JFK because when I was like in third grade, uh, we had to do book reports about the presidents Mm -hmm. and we picked out of a hat who we'd get. And I picked and I got JFK. Mm-hmm. Um, I got 35 actually and 35 Kennedy was the 35th president. So mm-hmm. that's what she did with the numbers. And the first thing I read was like first Irish Catholic president, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I'm Irish Catholic. This is great. And then um, I remember I had a teacher who said, you have Kennedy hair. And I was like, I do like, you know, so I was mm-hmm. just smitten over that guy. And I liked a lot. Yeah, of course he definitely made some mistakes, but there's definitely a lot of stuff I think he did right. And I don't, you know, he wanted to dismantle the CIA. He was against secret society mm-hmm. shit. Um, there was a lot of economical stuff, race relations. I think he was going to be great with mm-hmm. Bobby in particular. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think definitely the economy was good. Uh, yeah, definitely. There was some stuff going the right way. I did read the book double cross where it did talk about how, like, there was promises made almost like to the mafia, Hoffa in general. And then later, I think it was called double cross. And I read it's like, so, I mean, I read so many books about the Kennedys when I was in high school. And then later, uh, he went after them. And at the time, I remember thinking, oh, that's good. Get a bunch of criminals to do shit for you. And then later, be like, you're criminals. Get the fuck out of here. Like, if you're going to double cross anyone, criminals made sense. But it is kind of shitty to do to Mm -hmm. uh, your friends, you know. So, um, which I always wonder if that was more. It's also like, I don't know. Yeah, Jimmy Hoffa was into crime. But he was also like, without Jimmy Hoffa, we don't have a lot of the, a, a lot of the privileges we have privileges and a lot of the bumpers we have with labor 
that keep yeah, no. us from being just driven into the ground, even though we are being driven into the ground. Look, it's it's both things at once. Everything's horrible. And also they're not as bad as they could be. Thank you, Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. Teamsters were great. You know, um, the 40 hour work week, although I think that was mm -hmm. under the new deal. That might have been some FDR stuff. He was great. I mean, he, all right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> well, the, the internment camps were, weren't great. Yeah. But, uh, everything else. That's the thing about like history. There's always someone where you're like, I really respected them. And they're like, well, what about yeah. this? Fuck. Yeah. That part was bad. And but. I'm sure if somebody met me, they'd be like, oh, I like that she does this. And also she's a piece of shit for this. You know, it's all of us. We we're all, we all contain multitudes. Oh, definitely. As a matter of fact, I don't like people who don't have at least one quality that people find irritating or yeah. that people are like, that sucks, mm -hmm. you know? All right. Uh, tell everyone about your serious, uh, serious. It sounds like it's serious, but serious mm -hmm. XM uh, radio show that you do. And then we'll, because uh, I know you got a dinner to go to, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I have a weekly show on Sirius XM called Long Story Long. It's on their She's So Funny channel 771. And it airs at noon and 8 p.m. Eastern every Thursday. And then that each week's episode is then on demand for a week until the next episode comes along. And it's awesome. an interview podcast. I have people on. And I've had a lot of comics on because I mostly know comics. But I've also had like... Um, an AP journalist on uh, who's become a friend of mine and an Obama appointee and uh, a couple of NASA scientists, like basically anyone who anyone who does something cool that I reach out to who agrees to be on. I have on. Yeah. Well, that's kind of my philosophy for a while. Mm -hmm. I've had professional wrestlers and authors and stuff like that. It's great. I had a good time when I got to do it. So I highly encourage everyone to check out long story long. Lisa, thank you so much. Everyone follow her on Instagram and Twitter. We already mentioned the handles, Olympian Lisa Curry and also Lisa underscore Curry on Twitter. All right. Thanks, Lisa. Thank Appreciate you so it. much. And thanks to all of you for listening, everyone. This has been the Joe Kilgallen podcast. Cheers.